This is Dina Marie Hale, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, with a Morning Blend Saint Moment on Matrade Radio. Well, what do circus performers, magic tricks, and acrobatics have to do with becoming a saint? For one 19th century saint, the intrigue and fascination that mesmerized circus onlookers became an inspiration for St. John Bosco to win the attention of local youth, drawing their interest toward Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. Well, with me to share more about the lives of the saints this month is Jesuit priest, Father James Kubicki. Father James, thanks for coming back on the program in January. You're very, very welcome, Dina Marie, and I'm glad to be talking about St. John Bosco, who's one of my favorite saints. You know, living in the 1800s, he died in the year 1888, we have photographs of him, uh, photographs of him surrounded by some of the youth that he taught and uh, tried to guide, uh, some of whom became saints, like St. Dominic Savio. So it's a, a great example, as, as we've said often in this program, of how um, the influence that we have on one another is very important. It's so true. And I know for, or I guess for what I've learned about St. John Bosco, I always connect him with education. We have a Catholic Schools Week that falls within his feast day. I think throughout the country, uh, we recognize our Catholic education and the presence. But give us a sense of how John Bosco really had this passion and this flair for he saw something was missing in the youth and he wanted them to encounter Christ and to know and understand better their Catholic faith. You know, how did did that lead him into his ministry? Well, I, I think part of it is, um, I mean, his father died when he was two years old. His mother raised him and had a really deep influence on him. Uh, but I think without that father figure in his life, he himself felt drawn to uh, be a father, to help uh, young boys and youth who perhaps their fathers were absent in one way or another. And so he really reached out to the youth of his time. At his time in the 1900, uh, 19th century, uh, education, you know, the, the uh, slogan was spare the rod and spoil the child. Uh, in other words, it was very severe and the discipline, uh, corporal punishment was very much a part of education. St. John Bosco took a totally different tack. His idea was kindness and gentleness. And so he founded a religious order called the Congregation, the Society of St. Francis de Sales, who lived three centuries earlier and who was noted for his gentleness. Uh, St. Francis de Sales said, you can attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. And so St. John Bosco lived that out in his life where he tried to attract people to the Lord. And he did that by first attracting their attention with, as you mentioned in the introduction, with jokes and acrobatics. He learned to juggle in order to uh, draw young people to him and uh, observe what he was doing and be entertained. He used the entertainment of his time to draw people to him. And then he would tell uh, stories about Jesus and he would draw them to Jesus. So he was like St. John the Baptist in many ways, that he would say, you know, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. I'm just one who prepares the way for the Lord. And that's certainly what St. John the uh, Bosco did in the way he used entertainment to draw people to Jesus. 
Well, and I think it's interesting, Father James, that again, he's he's drawing from St. Francis's sales. He's drawing from some of the great saints in, yeah, I want to catch their attention, but I also want to give them the truth. I want to give them, you know, who Jesus Christ is. And we learn that through the lives of the saints. That's right, because they lived the truth. And so, you know, they can write about the truth, but it's in the lives of the saints, how they live their, their life, that we, we really see the word made flesh, really put into action. And, you know, St. John Bosco, again, by founding this order uh, of educators um, and an order for, for women as well, the Salesians, um, they become one of the biggest uh, religious orders throughout the world and uh, are focused primarily uh, on those who um, have not had the opportunity for education. So uh, St. John Bosco was especially concerned about the poor in Turin, Italy, and throughout Italy, and then throughout the world, who did not have educational opportunities. And so he created a group of, of people, followers, who would bring education to these people. And it was education, not just in order to get a good job, but in order to live a good life, to live a virtuous life. One of the things he said is, you know, enjoy life, enjoy yourself, just don't sin, because ultimately sin does not bring joy. And so I, I think especially, you know, for me, St. John Bosco, the, one of the reasons I love him is because of that desire he had uh, to be joyful, uh, to be funny, to um, tell jokes. It reminds me of another saint, St. Teresa of Avila, who uh, said that God did not want dour, unhappy people. That's not going to attract people to him. Uh, he wants people to be happy and joyful. And certainly Pope Francis, in his writings about the joy of the gospel and such, has followed in this great tradition of, of St. John Bosco. Remembering the life of St. John Bosco on the 31st of January, and we can connect him a lot with education, catechesis, with youth, but also I've heard about the, the vision of St. John Bosco and some of his more prophetic uh, visions or dreams. What can you tell us about that part of St. John Bosco? Oh, he, he was an amazing mystic, uh, and there's a, a book that's been written with a number of his dreams uh, in which he foresaw some of his students being attacked by dogs. Well, basically it was they were being tempted by the evil spirit. He foresaw that the order he founded, the Salesians, would spread throughout the world. And he prophetically saw them in the air. This is before airplanes. And they were in these vehicles that would carry them around the world. But I think the, the dream that speaks to me the most is one in which he saw the church as a ship, um, the bark of St. Peter, the ship, and on the bow of the ship is the Pope in Bishop dressed in white. And the ship is being attacked by all kinds of other boats, and it's sailing through rough waters. And it comes to a place of, of safety and rest as it passes through two pillars on the sea. And on top of the pillars, one has the sacred host, the Holy Eucharist, and the other pillar has a statue of our Blessed Mother. And I think St. John Bosco foresaw the turbulence that we would experience in the church in the 20th century, now in the 21st century. 
And he would say, you know, the, the way the church is going to navigate through these troubled times and troubled waters would be through our devotion to the Holy Eucharist and to our Blessed Mother. And so, you know, at the beginning of the 21st century, we have St. John Paul II writing an apostolic letter about the rosary, and then also writing an encyclical about the Holy Eucharist. And I think more and more as we see faithful Catholics striving to be true to the faith and to be strong during these times of division and polarities, that it's, again, the Eucharist and our Blessed Mother that will help us find safety during these turbulent times. It's so true. And I think it's so beautiful right now. We have this Eucharistic revival going throughout the country and really around the globe, this reminder of the true presence of Jesus Christ. And we just celebrated Christmas. You know, it was just a few weeks ago, but are we still maintaining that, that, that presence that our blessed mother carried our Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy spirit? I mean, this is our faith and our Mary brings that faith alive as she brings us the Christ child. I think St. John Bosco is going to be a great saint to continue to lead us into that peacefulness. Definitely. And, you know, in, in the old calendar of, of the church, the Christmas season continued until February 2nd. Uh, so 40 days after Christmas, we had uh, the celebration of the Christmas season. We still celebrate uh, February 2nd as a very special feast day. It's called the Presentation of Our Lord, uh, the Purification of Mary. It uh, comes from the scriptures, uh, the Gospel of Luke, where we read that 40 days after Jesus' birth, he was presented in the temple, and Mary presented herself as well. It's an interesting feast. We say Purification of Mary, and we think, well, was she considered unholy? She was following the Jewish tradition and if you think about how the chalice that holds the precious blood of Jesus is purified at the end of Mass, not because it's dirty, but because it's held the sacred body uh, uh, and blood of Jesus. So Mary, being the one who held the body and blood of Jesus within herself, went through this purification, as we say, on the feast of the um, February 2nd presentation and purification. Well, it's a great feast to look forward to just a couple of days away. And so as we come to a close, uh, Father James, I'll say Merry Christmas to you. Uh, and would you help us to close this time in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the saints that you raise up and who are examples to us. We pray that as we, saints in the making, strive to follow Jesus more closely, we may follow the example of these saints, especially St. Saint John Bosco. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our listeners and families and friends. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James, and God bless you. God bless you too. Goodbye.